0: This is the Taz and Jim Podcast.
1: This is a, you'll get a kick out of this story. This is a pub-related story. So over in England, there was some developers who decided to tear down an old, old pub to make way for the future. And you know the saying, sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is permission? Mm Mm-hmm. Not always true, because they were just ordered to rebuild the pub. Huh? Brick by brick from the rubble, because it was an old heritage property. Oh, 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 oh <laughs> no. And the estimated cost to rebuild,
0: 1.5 million pounds. <sighs> I mean, I, I, it's ridiculous that they tore it down. But can you even rebuild it at this point? I mean, it's not—it's happened before. The rubble. How is the rubble still? They gotta—they do- got
1: a brick by brick salvage everything that is lying there in a pile right now, and they have to produce a list of original materials that they were able to salvage to this committee, Holy and then crap. they have to source all the other materials. To rebuild To the exact specifications That existed before The pub that they tore down Without oh, permission
0: And then three days after you rebuild it And everything's right again There's a fire that burns it all down <laughs> you know, like, Imagine That's a so much work oh. Yeah,
1: Well at least they're building a pub Because I feel like at the end of it They might need a couple of drinks Truly the and Jim podcast. It's the first Monday In daylight savings time Yeah, over the weekend, Daylight Savings Time started. So now until the fall, we are in Daylight Savings Time. Okay, okay. I know what you're saying. And if you didn't realize that, you're not alone. Close to 50% of people thought we were in Daylight Savings Time in the winter leading into the spring.
0: So this is Daylight Savings... This is Daylight
1: Savings Time.
0: And And then the other one is Daylight Spendings Time.
1: Standard d- time. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. So we go back to standard time in the fall through the winter, spring forward, daylight savings time started. Okay. So this is a poll that was done. People were being asked about changing the clocks. Uh, 21% of people say that the best way to do the the clocks is the way we're doing it now. 62% of people want to stop shifting the clocks. And the other 17% are undecided.
0: Real tough question.
1: Of the people who want to stop doing it, 50% think we should switch to permanent daylight savings time. 31% want permanent standard time. Everyone else just says, "Just I, I don't care, pick one, and let's stop changing the clocks twice a year. Well, why don't we meet in the middle? We'll go a half an hour.
0: I, whatever works for me. Way. Yeah, yeah, done.
1: <laughs> Uh, seven percent of people saying waking up in the dark is what they do most days of the year, no matter what. Uh, that's us, mm-hmm. you know. And anyone who's listening right now, if you get up around five o'clock, six o'clock, it's dark, no matter what time you get up. Sixty-eight mm-hmm. percent say they wake up before eight o'clock. Thirteen, the lucky thirteen percent of people uh, who responded to this get to roll out of bed after nine.
0: Yeah, the only, I don't know what the great thing about having sunlight in the morning is, other than, like, starting uh, at work earlier on the job site so you can work outside, but... Light at night is awesome. Yeah, farmers, right? But they, got, be they, a got, they got they lights.
1: They got got electric lights. They can that be a can little flood. better for the farmers. I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that why we started this whole thing? Now there is one benefit of daylight savings time. Apparently, there is a number of crimes that go down once daylight savings time starts. Mm. Robberies and muggings, stolen cars. Theft of car parts like catalytic converters Okay Thefts from buildings, property damage, breaking into cars to steal stuff and shoplifting Those crime rates drop about 7% during daylight savings time
0: Really? That's interesting It's lighter longer I guess Yeah, so in Alaska when it's always dark for like two months
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's just crime everywhere Yeah, and then for six months of light Jails are empty Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) nothing to do (laughs) So there's one benefit. If you're a little groggy this morning and you're complaining about the clocks moving ahead, less chance of getting mugged. Hmm. And uh, people are saying the loser at the Oscars was Hugh Grant. Here's Hugh Grant. He was one of the presenters. He's up on stage uh, presenting with Andy McDowell, who he was in uh, four weddings and a funeral with back in the 1990s. Um,
2: And he made a joke. It didn't go over very well. We're actually here to do two things. The first is to raise awareness about the vital importance of using a good moisturizer. (laughs) Andy has been wearing one every day for the last 29 years. I've never used one in my life. Still stunning. Uh, Basically a scrotum
1: was so he calling himself a scrotum he says he looks like a scrotum or would the other guy <laughs> hmm. somebody's looking like a scrotum and people were confused by that joke yeah. but the real uh, beat down on social media that Hugh Grant is is taking over the past 24 hours is because of his red carpet appearance where he was talking to model Ashley Graham on the red carpet at the Oscars and he just didn't come off as very likable Hugh
3: you are a veteran of the oscars um what are you most excited to see tonight to see yeah well i know that you probably watched a few of the movies are you excited to see anybody win do you have your hopes up for anyone
2: um not not no no one in particular
3: okay well what are you wearing tonight then
2: just my suit your suit who made
3: your suit you didn't make it
2: um i can't remember my tailor
3: that's okay um so tell me what does it feel like to be in glass onion how fun is it to shoot something like that
2: well i'm barely in it i'm in it for about three seconds
3: yeah but still you showed up and you had fun right uh almost okay all right (laughs) okay well thank you so much it was nice to talk to you yeah all right back to you guys it
0: was nice to talk to you. Not. I heard somebody say, uh, "Best acting performance was for Ashley Graham saying it was nice talking to <laughs> you, Grant, on the red carpet." Like that is like when you awkward. try to get your thirteen-year-old annoying teenager to call grandma and say thanks for the gift. Yeah,
1: just do it. Okay, You're, you're asking them questions at the dinner table. Yeah. What'd you learn in school today? Nothing. <laughs> How are you? Fine. How's being in Glass Onion? I was hardly in it. You'll
0: need it for a second. It's totally fine if that's your attitude, and that's kind of what Hugh Grant's known for. But if that's how you want to act, which is fine, just say no. I don't want to do the interview. If you if you're so much cooler than yeah. that moment, and you don't want to say anything, just don't do it.
1: And I'm just reading some comments online about the Hugh Grant red carpet interview that uh, some people thought was very rude on Hugh's part.
3: I know that you probably watched a few of the movies. Are you excited to see anybody win? Do you have your hopes up for anyone? Um,
2: not, not, no no one in particular.
3: Okay, well, what are you wearing tonight then?
2: Uh, Just my suit. Your suit? Who made
3: your suit? You didn't make it.
2: Um, I can't remember. My tailor. (laughs) Okay, you jerk. (laughs) But some people,
1: uh, this is the the shocking thing, because I got a message, we talked about this, Uh, not long ago on the show, and I got a message here, Jim, from one of our listeners saying, I thought Hugh Grant was in the right. He just doesn't want to be part of the nonsense.
0: Yeah, and there was another tweet. uh, Devin Peacock was like, have you seen this uh, Hugh Grant thing? And the tweet was, Hugh Grant wants no part of this dumb crap. Well, you can't have it both ways, Hugh. If it's if you're cooler than it and you don't want no part of it, then don't go. And if you're there, you are part of yeah. it. And you're not above it, you're not better than it. And you know you're on live television, right? Yeah. Like they got to tell you, "Hey, this is live
1: TV." So even if you don't want to answer the questions, you're an actor.
0: Act. <laughs> yeah. Pretend you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. And Ashley Graham, the the person who's hosting with her, with him, is just like, okay, buddy. You know, <laughs> she's moving on. But it's like it's like when people are are talking. When we're talking about Super Bowl, we're excited about Super Bowl, and people on Twitter are like, oh, is there a big sports bowl game this weekend? It's like you're a loser. Because, listen, don't talk about it if you don't want to be part of it. Yeah,
1: if you don't think
0: it's a big deal... Yeah, then why are you talking then about it?
1: why are you there, yeah. Hugh Grant? He does, like, a total eye roll at the end. You can see him walking away, giving the microphone back, and he does, like, an <laughs> eye roll. I can't believe I lowered myself to this. But I had read this before. Hugh Grant can be difficult. And Jon Stewart says Hugh Grant is his least favorite guest on The Daily Show of all time. Really? Uh, back in 2009, he was on The Daily Show. Jon Stewart said he was a giant pain in the ass. He says he's my least favorite guest, and we've had dictators on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you, Grant, when he was on The Daily Show in 2009, yeah. remote, did you hear about the Morgans? Spent much of his time complaining to staff, saying he had better places to be. Gave everyone crap the whole time. He was just a big pain in the ass, well, according to John Stewart. Meanwhile, Gaddafi was a gentleman. <laughs> the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, you want to give a shout-out to the Toronto Rock? You went and saw your first lacrosse game on the weekend in Hamilton.
0: Yeah, if you haven't heard, they play out of Hamilton now. First Ontario Centre was uh, Toronto Rock versus Albany. Mm. And it was also... <laughs> I know nothing about Albany other than they were like the Fox Channel affiliate that I would watch when I was a kid when The Simpsons was on or something so I'd see all the Albany lawyer commercials and all that Uh stuff um, but uh, it was also, uh, not only was it Y108 night, it was also Indigenous night. So that was very cool. They had special Indigenous art uh, jerseys for the Toronto Rock, and they also had uh, dancers. And then at halftime, they had local Indigenous youth playing lacrosse as a showcase during halftime. And it was interesting because they set up a kind of like a smaller version of lacrosse where instead of goalies, there was two poles at the end of the uh, the rink. So instead of shooting on a net, you would shoot on a pole. And there was an elder kind of talking about how lacrosse uh, was an old tradition. And yeah. I found an interesting fact that they used to play that one with the poles instead of the goalies. But he said, oh, they used to play on a bit of a bigger surface than a, than an ice rink. They used to run uh, a lot farther. These uh, courts used to be about a mile or two miles long. When lacrosse, when the indigenous people started playing lacrosse, they'd run two miles. Yes, imagine that. Imagine you get all the way to the other (laughs) net and then some guy slashes your wrist, steals the ball, and runs all the way back. Or you
1: get fouled. Imagine an an offside.
3: (laughs) <laughs> oh, dang.
0: oh, I got
1: it offside. I only had another uh, half kilometer yeah. to get there. Oh, you get
0: there and you <laughs> score, but you were in the crease. And you got to start all the way back over. <laughs> but it was awesome. That's and neat. I've never seen a lacrosse game in real life. And I, uh, I was with uh, Brian West, afternoon host. And I kind of elbowed him at the start of the first quarter after about five minutes in. him, And I said... I think this is what Americans are like when they're watching hockey. Because it was very hard to follow the ball at first. But after about 20 minutes, I was like, I was right into it. You could really f- follow what was happening.
1: Yeah, it is cool. It's fast-paced. The atmosphere is great. I've been to a Toronto Rock game, and the music's playing the whole time. Yeah, it's the like crowd, a basketball game, kind of. crowd really gets into it. Now, I understand that you and Brian West, our afternoon host, you had a job to do. You got to go on... Uh, and, and do a t-shirt toss, mm-hmm. and you had to decide who was throwing the t-shirts and who was going to talk on the microphone during that promotion. How did you decide that?
0: Oh, I just asked Brian. I, I said, uh, how's your arm? And he goes, oh, I haven't played baseball. I haven't thrown anything in 10 years. <laughs> and I go, well, can you throw And he goes, honestly, if I threw it, probably wouldn't make it three rows up. And I said, Brian say no more. I, this is my favorite part of the job, is chucking t-shirts. And he was like, okay. So then he was like, maybe I will. Maybe I will throw one. And then we pulled, went down to where the Zamboni would enter on the ice rink, but that's where the cheerleaders were and stuff. And there was a massive net separating the fans from the yeah. rink, so obviously. So people hit get balls in, in the head. Yeah, so we saw that fence, or that uh, that net, and he goes, okay, Jim, you throw. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it was high. But there was no nets on the side of the rink, so I had to throw them at the sides. I couldn't make it. How many either. Rose up, would you think your best throw went? I don't know, 10 10 or 15, maybe? Okay. Maybe 20. I don't know. One guy guy was there. I I should give him a shout out. He said, uh, Pretty good arm on you. What did he say here? Uh, Not a bad arm, Jim. Almost got to the top of the lower bowl at the Rock game. So, you know. The, so he was impressed. This is from Tyler. Tyler went with his son. So shout out to Tyler. He was impressed. And this is honestly my favorite part of the job is throwing t-shirts at screaming people, especially if you can make eye contact with somebody. Yeah. And then you hit them with makes it. Makes him feel special. Oh, it's so sad. This makes me feel
1: special. I want to see Brian West throw something now. <laughs> <laughs> How bad could it be, Brian? Do you think you could out-throw him? We should have we you should guys have, do a throw We should off. have a contest. Yeah. A couple of uh, elder statesmen <laughs> throwing t-shirts.
0: I would highly recommend... They have a short season, though, so if you have a chance to go see Toronto Rock play in Hamilton, do not miss it. It's like only 11 games in the season. Well worth your time.
1: Yeah, and let's contact the Toronto Rock people and see if we can get me and Brian to have a throw off during the game would <laughs> <That'd> be amazing <laughs> buy your seats close to the uh, <laughs> to the boards if you want a t-shirt are you brave enough to let me see your peacock <laughs> peacock it's time for sports. Devin Peacock is here. He's our sports guy. And Dev, you spent a little time at the Tim Hortons Briar in London, Ontario, on the weekend.
4: I was at the Briar on Saturday, and it was uh, it was a good time. Uh, is this your first Brier in person? First time I've ever been to the Briar in person. I've watched curling uh, on TV. I understand it way more when I watch it on uh, TV. Like I get the general principles of it all, but just the exact strategy of you know doing an intern and a freeze and all this sort of stuff is not my main expertise. You like the commentary? I like the commentary. I like Vic Router and Russ <laughs> Howard. Uh, they they do a good job. Um but uh to see it in person is also a ton of fun. Uh if people ever have a chance to go, they should go. But what was really uh, fun was afterwards. Like the the entire arena just empties out. And people just go outside, and there's like bus after bus of people just going down to the briar patch.
1: Yeah, the after party. And I've been telling you guys this, and I know it's hard to believe because, to me, curling is one of the most boring spectator sports <laughs> but the curling party is one of the wildest parties so the you know you go from
0: something that's a bit
1: of a snooze fest to something that is a full on rager
0: that's i think that's how all sports work the bo- more boring the sport the more wild the crowd <laughs> yeah. look at a soccer game
4: <laughs> riots so like i was at the uh, the page playoffs on saturday so it was at the 3-4 game i did not go to the 1-2 match but after the 3-4 game and the briar patch for people to then come back to the arena i know the 1-2 game might might have been a little bit more raucous after all the beer people had been having. <laughs> Who was the big winner? Brad Gushu ended up winning the uh, Brier last night. He actually made history doing that. He is the first skip to win five Briers. Uh, Randy Furby has technically won more, but he didn't win them all as a skip, so Brad Gushu who was the defending champion, has now won again. He goes to the World Championships in April. And let's move over to another great napping on the couch on a Sunday sport. <laughs> who won the golf yesterday? Scotty Scheffler. He uh, he ran away with this one. Uh, he won uh, you know by a couple strokes here. I mean, by the end of it, it was just to see if he could blow this, which was something he doesn't really do. You know, he's been so locked in the past couple of years. Uh, he he ran away with the Players' Championship. Yeah, it was his to lose going
1: into Sunday. That's gotta put him in a, a big position as favorite for the Masters coming up in a few weeks.
4: Absolutely. This is also one of those tournaments that they've turned into a big money tournament because PGA Tours trying to hold off live golf. The purse for this was like about four million dollars. Like it was he took home a big check uh for winning on Sunday. Scotty must be smiling this morning. <laughs> Thanks, Dev. <coughs> hey
0: bud. you know interesting stuff happens in the country. Too. some, sometimes. So I guess she's time for the Rural Report. Rural, Rural? Rural
1: Rural Report. There we go, bud. Yeah, here on the Taz and Jim radio program, we like to... Keep tabs on what's going on in some of the smaller towns.
0: And Jim, we're going to one of those places today. Yes, and one of those places is kind of a bridge between Canada and Europe. There's a lot of towns over here that have a same name as a much bigger town in uh, in Europe, like, you know, Dublin, Ontario. L- heck, London, Ontario. Right. But what about Paris, Ontario? A lot of snooty people looking down their nose at Paris, Ontario. Now, I want to say... A fun fact here right now. The average home price in Paris, Ontario right now is the same home price as the average home in Paris, France. This really? is the world we are living in. Yes, homes so in Paris, Ontario. So it costs the same on
1: average to live in Paris, Ontario as Paris, France. Yes, yes. I wouldn't people, have guessed that.
0: People are laughing. And I want to say shut your dirty mouth!" because Paris, Ontario is amazing. You think the Eiffel Tower is impressive? Well, wait till you see the Paris, Ontario uh, public washrooms at the new Lions Park. Now that is engineering. (laughs) Smells better, too. Because if you've been (laughs) to the Eiffel Tower, it smells as the French would say, like le septic tank. I gotta be honest. (laughs) La toilette. Yeah. And the Louvre is okay, but have you seen the Paris, Ontario Gypsum Mining Museum? Who needs the Mona Lisa when you can soak in 200 years of gypsum mining in Brandt County? And you don't need to go to Notre Dame Cathedral to meet Quasimodo. There's plenty of hunchbacks in Paris at the Demolition Derby on Labor Day. And if you're still looking down, on your nose. I just looked at like the MLS listings for Paris, France versus Paris, Ontario. And yes, for $800,000 you can buy a domicile in Paris, France, but it's a 262 square foot basement condo versus a 920 foot A square foot, double-wide laneway bungalow in Ontario that backs onto a river. Put that in your French cigarette and smoke at Europeans.
1: Okay, so the average home price is the same in Paris, Ontario, as in Paris, France. But the average home in Paris, Ontario is much larger than the average time.
0: Yeah.
3: The
1: average home size in Paris, France. Three to four times the size. That makes more sense yes. to me.
0: <laughs> I think we're still winning here in Ontario. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast.
1: The Oscars were last night. Big question was, will Jimmy Kimmel bring up the slap? Seems like that was longer than just a year ago. Yeah, it does. But it was. Yeah, it was last year's Oscars. Um, would it be addressed in Kimmel's monologue? And yes, he did bring it up. He didn't... He didn't go into details, but he definitely referenced it.
2: We know this is a special night for you. We uh, want you to have fun. We want you to feel safe. And most importantly, we want me to feel safe. So we have strict policies in place. If anyone in this theater commits an act of violence at any point during the show, you will be awarded the Oscar for Best Actor (laughs) and permitted to give a 19-minute long speech. (laughs) No, but seriously, the Academy has a crisis team in place. If anything unpredictable or violent happens during the ceremony, just do what you did last year. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Sit there and do absolutely nothing.
1: It was funny, too. At the end of the the broadcast, the show, Kimmel walks off stage and he goes over to one of those boards that you'll see in a factory. It's been this many days without an incident. Mm -hmm. And it says it has been this
0: many Oscars without an incident. And he turns it to one. Because <laughs> there was like, he kept on going back to the Will Smith well in a hilarious way. Like there was three or four Will Smith veiled references. I don't even know if I could call them veiled, but I was watching the first hour of the show and I said to my fiance, I hope Will Smith is watching right now because it was be so not? awkward. How could he not? He was going to hear about say, it. Don't watch it, you know, or like like his therapist would have to be like, don't watch it. Just ignore it. But still, he'd wa- he's going to check online. I know, and he's not going to be happy because they won't. were. Unless he's like uh, uh, hoping they acknowledge it so they can move past it, almost. Uh huh. Because next year the joke will be old, so get it out of the get system now, with. and I'll be back next year. Here's another
1: joke that Kimmel made.
2: <laughs> a great piece of Oscar trivia: 31 years ago, in 1992, Brendan Fraser and Kiwi Kwan were in a movie together, Encino Man. Two actors from Encino Man are nominated for Oscars. Okay. What an incredible night this must be for the two of you, and what a very difficult night for Pauly Shore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they both ended up winning. I know. Amazing. <laughs> that, that one made me LOL when I heard it uh, uh, live. You say that
1: you're ki uh, Kwan, the actor who played Data in The Goonies and played Short Round in Indiana Jones. His career is basically over. He wasn't mm-hmm. working much, and he got this role in everything, everywhere, all at once, and he ended up winning the Best Supporting Actor Oscar last night.
0: Jim, you say it's the best Oscar speech you've seen in years? I think so. It was just like the least pretentious, most inspiring speech I've heard in recent memory.
4: My mom is 84 years old, and she's at home watching. Mom, I just want an Oscar.
1: That's pretty cute. Mm-hmm.
3: My journey started on a boat.
4: I spent a year in a refugee camp. And somehow, I ended up here on Hollywood's biggest stage. They say stories like this only happen in the movies. I cannot believe it's happening to me. This, this is the American dream. <laughs> Dreams are something you have to believe in. I almost gave up on mine. To all of you out there, please keep your dreams alive.
1: Man, between him and Brendan Fraser, they need to sign a... uh a Kleenex endorsement deal. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Brendan Fraser's been crying
0: for like a year since The True. Whale came out. I mean, <laughs> what a great, what an amazing story for him. But even like the Oscars started and the, every time the camera... yeah. He's won like him. nine awards, and yeah. every time
1: he's, he's but he was welling up on
0: stage. He was welling up constantly. Good for him. I mean, what a comeback story for Brendan Fraser. He's honestly, a, he's
1: a great actor, but I think the
0: uh, the
1: accomplishment is when he's on screen in the whale and he's not crying. <laughs> that's the best acting that he's doing in the film. Usually, it's the other way. Yeah. You're like, well, I can't believe he can cry on cue like that. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe Brendan Fraser can stop crying.
0: Wow, he can really turn it off.
1: This is the Taz and
0: Jim podcast.
1: Congratulations, Arkells! They are group of the year at the Junos, it was given out during the banquet celebration on the weekend. You have the big awards ceremony tonight, live from Edmonton. The host of the telecast is Simu Liu. You know him as Shang Chi. He's in the Marvel movies. hmm He is Canada's only celebrity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> it seems
1: like it. <laughs> he is everywhere. Yeah. And I I think it is it's um it's written in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms that if you reach a certain level of celebrity internationally, you have to host the Juno's at least once. <laughs> Drake <laughs> yes. did it. Yeah, yes. Like, yes. We, we don't set you free. No, 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 until
0: no. into the rest of the world until you host the Junos at least once. Yeah, and you will never be nominated for the Order of Canada unless you host the Junos once. Simu did it last year. He
1: did a great job, and he's doing it again. Um, but apparently, he did not have an enjoyable trip out to Edmonton. He posted this on his social media account at Air Canada, tagged him. At Air Canada staff at Pearson are a combination of the best and worst of humanity. Wow. The best go above and beyond for people who are trying to brave horrendous airport lines to try and get to their destination. The worst are completely apathetic and use the crowds as punching bags. No complaints, nothing to take up. I just hope you guys know the good apples from the bad, because the good employees are truly great, and the bad ones, well, they're just some of the most unpleasant and miserable, unprofessional human beings on the face of the (laughs) earth.
0: Wow, that was the most... Proper, polite takedown, eh? (laughs) But he's not wrong. I mean, it was just, Pearson Airport was just voted like one of the worst airports in the world. There's some serious complaints. Really getting a reputation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not to defend them, but they're also dealing with some of the worst people, too. Who is more annoying than people uh, frustrated that they're flying in the first place? There's some entitled... yeah. A hole travelers out there
1: as well. And it's not a job I would envy, which makes the pleasant employees who take pride in uh, how they deal with the public that much more impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, yeah, a- any job, you're going to have people who are great and you're going to have people who are not so great. And nobody should be more disappointed and angry at the not so great than the people who are doing a great job. Mm -hmm. Because then you get a reputation like, oh, I went to Pearson, Air Canada staff was so rude, they're the worst. But they're not all the worst. There's somebody who's trying really hard to service the the clients, the customers, Mm -hmm. to the best of their ability. If you can find them. (laughs) Yeah. It's usually not the person you're dealing with. Yeah, they're there somewhere in the back. Simu says they (laughs) exist. Must be true. Time for sports with Devin Peacock. He's our sports guy. If you've ever wondered who would come out on top in a battle between a bear and a panther, I think we've got
4: the answer. It's the Bears. It's the Bears. Uh, The Bears just mauled the Panthers. Uh, So over the weekend, the Chicago Bears, who have long been rumored to be uh, shopping the first overall pick in the NFL draft, uh, they traded it to the Carolina Panthers, who moved up from number nine to number one. And the Carolina Panthers paid a premium for this. So they gave up. Their first-round pick and second-round pick this year, a first-round pick next year, a second-round pick in 2025, and their best receiver, DJ Moore. All of that went to the Chicago Bears, who already had their franchise quarterback in Justin Field, so they were happy to trade down. Carolina paid so much for this. They have now apparently started to shop the first overall pick they just acquired because they now realized they don't have enough because they've been trading away their players and not getting enough back. They Don't forget they traded away Christian McCaffrey to San Francisco. Didn't exactly get a haul back. So now they're going to have potentially a franchise quarterback with no one to play with. Man, it's
1: like somebody was up... Drunk, watching the shopping channel, <laughs> and then they finally saw the credit card
3: bill. Exactly, I woke I up the give next day
1: back. <laughs> with a package on the front porch. Saying, did I? Why did I spend? What happened?
0: Is there a way they could accidentally stumble into a great trade or is it just like trying to cut your losses could at this they, point?
1: Could they say that they lost their credit card or something? Like, oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. If somebody's yeah. been using it in Florida. Is there trade insurance in the NFL? It's like I, somebody I broke into the offices drunk and made that trade for us. We didn't mean to.
4: Well, so, there, so some of the, the same reasons that led to them trading up could lead to some other teams that really need a quarterback. Like let's say take the New York Jets for example, yeah. Let's say they are not a done deal there. huh? Yeah. Ro- Rogers, let's say. Uh, oh, Rogers. Rodgers. Right. Rodgers? <laughs> <Favre>. oh.
1: <laughs> well, I was because that's what didn't uh, Favre, Favre go? Did go to the from Jets from Green Bay to the, go go to the Jets? That's
4: what I was thinking of. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just can't stop following uh, Brett Favre. It Hopefully, seems. he keeps his. <laughs> His package in his pants, also, and doesn't, doesn't fund
0: do any volleyball stadiums <laughs> with taxpayer money. Yeah. Uh,
4: so, let's say the New York Jets are unsuccessful in their uh, pursuit of Aaron Rodgers, they could be left without a real option here. So, they could be extremely motivated to trade up. One of the reasons Carolina had to pay so much is because they're going from number nine to number one. If you're going from five to one, it's still going to cost you a lot, but a little bit less. So, there you are think gonna,
1: there's a way out of this situation for the Panthers. There's
4: or? The way they can get something back, but not all of it back, because they paid way too much. They gave up a stupid amount to get this first overall pick. Chicago Bears must have been partying all weekend. The <laughs> De- <laughs> cocaine Bears.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Dev. This
0: is the Taz and Jim
1: Podcast. I had a fun weekend. I went to uh, Caesars Windsor with a buddy. My pal Drew was celebrating his birthday, and we saw Toto perform. <laughs> awesome.
0: The crowd went wild when they did this one. No doubt.
2: Gonna take a lot
1: to
0: drag me away from you. The they can still hit those high notes. Can they?
1: Tight musicians, man. They, cool. were, they were very good. Um, now, some of the noises I didn't enjoy hearing on the weekend um, were in the hotel room. <laughs> I shared a hotel room with my buddy, Drew, mm-hmm. and I kind of had a feeling Major snorer. Uh-oh. Did you know about this before? No, but I assumed. <laughs> Some people just look like snorers. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and he's like, I asked him once we got in the room, i like, do you snore? He's like, yeah, I, I snore a bit. I've been told I snore a bit. He snored... Very consistently, all night long, but it was weird because he wouldn't snore at all. There was no noise for, like clockwork, 23 seconds. (laughs) Because I'm lying there, and I started counting between snores. 23 seconds of silence, and then I would hear this... (laughs)
0: Imagine? <laughs> <Africa>. What the? <laughs> <no? laughs> Coming out of his mouth. <laughs> like a, one of his cavities <laughs> is picking up a radio signal. One of his
1: fillings. Uh, he's got the voice of an angel yeah. just starts singing to I him. Okay, so 23 seconds of silence. And then this.
2: <laughs> Holy <laughs> <God. sighs>
1: And that twenty-three seconds of silence.
0: So he's not only snoring; he's kind of half talking
1: in there too. Oh no,
0: not half talking—fully
1: talking. Here's another one of his snores.
2: <laughs> <sighs>
0: <sighs> you should deal it. It's not like an old guy trying to start up a weed whacker. It really, it really does sound like
1: construction equipment or, you know, some sort of engine trying to start. It, and it, it doesn't translate. Like in real life, you get the bass. Like my, there was vibrations because it was so loud in the room. But what did he say there at the end? <sighs>
0: You
4: should deal
0: it. He was dealing? Just
1: feel it or just deal it? Just deal it. He's still, he's gambling in his dreams. He's still at the poker
0: table. (laughs) You should deal it. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast.
1: And we got to give a kudos to the London, Ontario Police Department this morning. Just a crazy situation.
4: Kudos.
1: In the Kipps Lane area of London. On Saturday 15-hour standoff between police and a man who barricaded himself in an apartment after cops were called reports that a man was seriously injured found in a building complex and uh, that man later died so police uh, engaged in a standoff with the suspect and Reports are that he ended up shooting two police officers Mm -hmm. who um, were injured but not killed. The suspect, Adrian Neal Campbell, 42 years old, was arrested by police. He had barricaded himself in the apartment, was blaring loud music. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was taunting police on his social media pages, according to reports. So posting videos... Yeah. Of himself during the standoff from inside the apartment. Insane. And I can't imagine what that experience was like for people who live in that building.
0: Yeah, because they're all essentially hostages as well. And I saw a few videos people were posting online uh, of people in the apartment, like, looking at the window, seeing all the police there saying, I've been here for seven hours, I can't yeah. leave my house. Because
1: last thing you want is is... To you know, get in the way of the police while they're doing a tactical response. Oh, for sure! And there was cops with their weapons drawn on balconies of this apartment complex. Um, they they encouraged everyone to stay safe within their apartments, and it must have been an absolute nightmare, crazy mm-hmm. and hectic situation, according to one of the uh, tenants in the building. So the man was arrested. Uh, kudos to the police. I, <laughs> I don't know what kind of restraint I would have in that situation if a guy shot two of my fellow police officers and I was Mm -hmm. going through the door. I don't know if I'd have that kind of restraint, but I'm not trained for that sort of thing. And these guys are, and they use that restraint. And uh, this guy is now going to get his his day in court. Um, But I don't know. I, I feel if you're posting videos on social media during a standoff with police, Pretty incriminating
0: evidence. Yeah, I'll call that Exhibit A. (laughs) Let's put that at the top of the pile.
1: But uh, best wishes going out to the two officers who allegedly were shot on the weekend in London. We hope their recovery is speedy. And the London police planned a press conference for later this morning, so we will have more details. And, of course, our friends at 980 CFPL Global News in London following that story very closely.